Welcome to the Better You Podcast. My name is Ian Bickle and I want to help you create a happier, healthier, more energized and successful version of you. The Better You Podcast is all about exploration and growth. I'll be speaking to people that can give us lessons and principles we can apply to our own lives. I want to empower, educate and give you the freedom, energy, mindset and autonomy for you to take back control of your life. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, share and leave a kind review so we can share the positivity. Let's get into it. So welcome along to Facebook Live, Instagram Live. Hopefully we have some technical issues more ironed out now. This is our third one. So hopefully we're getting in the right direction. How the devil are you, Jeff? I'm good. Yep. It's a cold day here, which is kind of surprising. But uh, but yeah, other than that, good. Jeff, I live in the northeast of England, so <laughs> exactly in the in the warmest of summers, we're still cold up here. Yeah, well, here here in Houston, it'll probably be in the, probably eighty degrees next week or something, but it's only in the thirties right now, so it's a little oh, cold. It's a little bit chilly. It's very British of us to talk about the weather. Yes, uh, by the way, so. It's, well, I do have British uh, British heritage myself, so. Well, there you go. So it's just kind of like a home from home, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. Um, so why don't we just delve into today's topic um, of, I guess, body compositional changes and like, you know, dieting and diets and intuitive eating and kind of navigate that little bit of gray area that maybe a lot of the I guess intuitive eating crowd try to kind of skirt around because it's only seen as very negative um, and this conversation came about with like my love of bodybuilding I like bodybuilding yeah. I can't I'm sorry <laughs> like I'm not yeah. gonna I feel a bit <laughs> apologetic it's like you know I'm I'm kind of training to be an intuitive eating counselor but like yeah, I kind of, I've competed in bodybuilding. I love bodybuilding. Well, you know, how does that sit? Yeah, it's definitely a difficult spot to be in um, because you know, it, it it is something that if, when you take a weight neutral perspective and uh, intuitive eating specifically as an approach to to your relationship with food and and to your eating and, and how you eat and, and those kinds of things, um, it certainly is uh, is something that that it, it can be difficult to figure out how that could fit in. How can it possibly fit in where somebody wants to change their body composition and and can that be done in a in a healthy way physically? Can it be done in a healthy way emotionally and psychologically? And um, uh, but I think it's I think it's important too when you look at something like bodybuilding and what you just said you love bodybuilding. I think that's very different than feeling like you need to change your body to meet up to a certain standard of society. And I think that that's where sometimes we don't, uh, we don't look at that gray area. Cause I think there is a gray area in the middle where, where, um, you know, somebody may have performance related goals. Um, somebody may have, uh, somebody may be competing in a combat sport where there are weight requirements and so there would be a a requirement to change the the amount of weight uh, on your body and and those kinds of things. And so, um, you know, do you just say to those people, well, you can't compete in combat sports anymore because that's just wrong. It's bad. And, you know, don't even do it. 
or do you find that middle ground? Yeah, and and, and you yourself are doing uh, back into your ninja training, and you mm-hmm. yourself have said that you recognize that to perform well in that, it's maybe more suited to a certain type of body composition, like a certain weight. Like, you know, we we want to practice what we preach, but like when we're talking about principles in terms of intuitive eating, it's about how they all gel together, not just picking your favorite and like sticking with that. And I think mm-hmm. you're totally right in the the emotional kind of like foundations you're starting from when it comes to these endeavors it's like you know you are not trying to change your body for any other reason than it kind of you have like a I guess a value out of what it is you know like I think doing your ninja is far more easier for you if you're kind of like a certain weight rather than being and it's a more enjoyable experience am i right yeah i mean there's certainly an aspect of it um it but it can it can become a problem you know if you're focused on that yeah um and, and that's kind of the perspective that i'm taking because for one thing i'm not an elite competitor or anything i'm going to start trying to get into doing some competitions this year and i'm very competitive so i am going to be training for those things and everything but my focus is going to be on basically what i've preached to everybody else, which is, you know, you, you can focus on the the things that I can focus the most on from the perspective of health are, are getting my skills down, my mm-hmm. technique. Um, those don't require changes in my body size, uh, my strength. You know, I'm, I'm working on pull-ups and, and different exercises to and my grip strength, all of those things. I can work on those regardless of whether my body changes. Now, mm-hmm. if my body happens to go down in size, uh, you know, if, if, if it decreases in, in weight, then I'm going to be pretty happy with that in the sense that, Hey, it just makes it a little easier. I'm not carrying around as much weight on the obstacles, but at the same time, I don't have to focus on that. So I can still use my general approach to intuitive eating, which is that we don't focus on that. We focus on the other things. And so that's kind of, for me personally, that's kind of where I'm I'm focusing on that particular event. Of course, bodybuilding would be a whole different thing because it is so much of it is, at least when you're competing, uh, it revolves around being at a certain body composition that allows your muscles to be seen and that kind of a thing. But um, but yeah, yeah, I think, and, and that's where it can be difficult because, you know, I, I, I'm definitely wanting to stay consistent with my messaging. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I am kind of hoping I end up a little lighter. But at the same time, I'm also not going to be pursuing that as a as a goal in and of itself. Mm. I think like with any crowd, um, whether it's intuitive eating, whether it's keto, whether it's clean eating, whether it's tracking calories, the can develop an extremism within those Mm -hmm. and like any mention of something that kind of maybe doesn't fully align with that kind of true like kind of like you know no you can't can't do this and you can't do it well that kind of like in itself I guess is like 
against the principles of intuitive yeah. the way i see it it's about self-discovery and finding out well what do you love it's not about like this one fix all thing and i think certainly that first principle is denying the mentality of dieting you're not mm -hmm. doing these stupid things in order to be a certain way and i think in many ways because i've heard your history i've heard you talk about it numerous times the um magazine cover kind of like competitions that you've mm -hmm. you know these competition style diets where it's like do as much as you can within a certain period of time in many ways that's kind of like bodybuilding he's a for he's mm -hmm. a time frame get as lean as you can within it um, and yeah. what happens after we do not know you know we, and, yeah. and i think people forget with bodybuilding as well like you know the clues in the name it's all about building your body and to me that's quite a positive thing you know you you yeah. know you are building we are not shrinking um i think a lot of people just think about like a bodybuilder in the skimpies like being shreddedly lean um you know but the reality is a lot of the actual building of that body is done when we are feeding ourselves properly when we are yes. sleeping amazingly when we are training really well i think a lot of people assume that you diet yourselves into this body and what a lot of people struggle with bodybuilding in particular is actually you're seeing a result of potentially years of um in many ways overfeeding um mm -hmm. and obviously progressive training so for me i think like personally like bodybuilding as a as a whole can be positive but dependent on how what people's overall thoughts are about that people can struggle with it yeah well and, and i think it really comes down to the individual and where they're where they're at because i think that um you know in in talking to you for these last few years that we've known each other um and listening to you talk about your relationship with food and the kinds of food you eat and and um just the approach that you take to it you can you seem to be in a place where you're able to go in and at different times maybe focus a little bit more on the on the details of your diet uh, mm -hmm. whether you're trying to build muscle, whether you're trying to lean out a little bit, you're in this place where you you have a good relationship with food, you have a good relationship with your body. Um, doing these things, engaging in these other behaviors doesn't interfere with those, at least not, you know, at, uh, as a whole, maybe for a short period of time. It's like, like, yeah, I'm a little hungry right now. And, and you're like, you've chosen to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of push through that mm. knowing that this is the result I'm trying to get but but at the same time it's not pushing you toward this disordered eating pattern a, as a whole you 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 seem to have a good handle on that and I think that that's great and you know and people that are able to do that then that's where using an approach that goes outside of intuitive eating mm. is is perfectly okay and and I think that that's you've chosen to do that you seem to be in a, a space a head space and a physical space where you can do that and that's cool um i think where what happens is the issue is really when when people don't understand what's necessary to actually achieve that mm. and th and they're not in a place where they can do that in a healthy way 
emotionally, psychologically, or physically. Um, and I think that the fitness community in general promotes the idea that, oh, well, if Ian can do it, so can you, or, or, you know, a, a lot of coaches in, in your, your position, I've heard them say things, well, you know, if I can do it, anybody can do it. It's like, well, yeah, well, what, what foundation do you have? What's your history? And, and it could be completely different than mine. You know, like mine, I've, I shared before that I grew up with a really healthy relationship with food, no pressure from my parents. My parents weren't always dieting and stuff. I didn't get comments about my body. So I don't have a, I, I don't really have any, any major body image struggles. I don't have a relationship with food struggles that much. There's been times where I've gone through where, um, where I didn't like how it felt, but at the same time, I have this core foundation. And so it's very different from where I'm coming from than somebody who was on their first diet when they were six. So I think that's, I think the real issue to me is more understanding what's involved in getting to, to that position. Yeah. And I think, so many people have like obviously the the imagery that they may have seen on especially social media let's be honest that's where a lot of people are getting yeah. their information these days um you know and I know people and I've asked people why are you working with that coach and it's just purely based off aesthetics mm -hmm. like a hundred percent it's just like oh they look good and like I'm I'm just like in many ways like wanna put my head through a, a brick wall because you know that genetic blueprint that we talk about is not a qualification. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and then we wonder why so many people are troubled with eating disordered and and then they kind of like turn around as like well it must be my fault because this person clearly knows their stuff because they and then they don't even realize that that person that they are maybe putting in this kind of like on this pedestal themselves have like eating issues and and yeah. all of that and you know I'll tell you my story in terms of bodybuilding is I think my first ever show was 2013 and and I've just been completely natural throughout my journey all of the time. Um, you know, there's never really been that temptation to do anything outside of that in terms of performance enhancing drugs, because not that I felt it was cheating. It was just like I felt that I didn't want to compromise my overall health for. Mm -hmm. I just didn't I didn't see the value in doing that, but 2013 I think I did that very much as a a bro bodybuilder very disordered eating yeah resulted in you know I was doing all of the cardio I'm surprised I had any muscle left by the time I finished <laughs> dieting which isn't the point of bodybuilding by the way um you know competed came third got a little plastic trophy you know and like <clears throat> for like the shortest period of time I was like someone and I can mm -hmm. totally get why people like maybe they are attaching some sort of like self-worth to this outcome. It's like, I'll be happy when, but then like, you know, things like binge eating. I remember the night of the show, once the show had finished, I'd been denying myself all of these foods, you know, because it was very clean eating. Um, so like I'd finished the show, drank lots of pints of lager, um, went home to wash this horrible brown, um, 
tan stuff <laughs> off us. Like the bathroom was an absolute clip. While I was doing that, we'd ordered a, a pizza for us to like basically stuff down my neck. Then I went out into town uh, in Newcastle, got even more drunk. On the way home, bought a a um a subway a foot long with all of the meat basically it was just a free fall and after then it was just like as well like more so more food more food and it was just purely off the that deprivation um mm-hmm. you know and obviously rapid weight gain ensued that doesn't feel very good when you are like you know i look back at 2013's conditioning and it wasn't great but at the time that was the leanest and the best shape in my eyes I'd ever been in. And mm-hmm. to let that go, like it's it's a big psychological burden. Um 2014, when I competed, I stepped it up a notch. Um, and I took a more evidence-based side to things. And this was it was almost like a complete pendulum swing. It was full blown if it fits your macros, like you know, backstage talking to these competitors, they were all on boiled chicken and rice and there was me having a sausage sarnie the day before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which again in in reflection i was looking back and i was putting myself like i'm better than these i know more than these i did win that show but like i look back and think we said oh what a bit of a dickhead um <laughs> but in 2014 and this was ro- really kind of rocked my identity a little bit is like I won my show you do a urine test and I failed that urine test hmm. and as I've said I have been natural all of my life okay and what you do when you do a urine test you do test A and you do test B because if test A comes back inconclusive so I failed mine but nothing showed up in the test they have test B which they can like which they keep on freeze and then they test like for like they do a deeper test uh, mm-hmm. but this deep the test a is free but test b costs money okay but it costs like about 300 quid and at the time i oh, was wow. like yeah bodybuilding's not cheap jeff um <laughs> especially when you're failing drugs tests apparently yeah. <laughs> so like i was like well i'm a natural i work in the fitness industry it's not great for my reputation if i'm failing drugs tests. <laughs> so i said well i've got i've got no other option and you know i know i'm like kind of clean but mate when you're that deprived you've just finished the bodybuilding show you're on cloud nine and then you get a phone call ian and then i'm like uh, because it's all world anti-doping agency like um you're banned for seven years if you don't like do this you get stripped of your titles you get named and shamed um like on like all of the bodybuilding forums and websites and all that and i'm like well and, and i'm a fitness professional you yeah. know so i'm like yeah well you know i've got to kind of uh, swallow that pill of 300 pound and like pay the money um I did get like the test done, came back clean, great. But in the meantime, just it was almost like so many people turned on me and something that was so like I was so connected with, I identified very much as a bodybuilder, like bodybuilding just turned its back on me. And this was when I just started being like, right, you know, if I'm not a bodybuilder, then who am I? And I started this like journey back then. Um, mm-hmm. The next time I dieted down was 2017. That's the best shape I ever got into. 
but I refused to step on a bodybuilding stage. Mm-hmm. That that was very much for me. And that to me was a kind of last hurrah. My son was being born in 2017 and I just wanted something for me and it wasn't about anybody else. And I nearly didn't mm-hmm. share those pictures. Um, but like, I think the journey of bodybuilding for me was more so like an internal journey of like, like so even what I do right now I'm not a bodybuilder and the training style may be just labeled as bodybuilding but mm-hmm. essentially it is just like moving weights up and down and like you know what we call muscular hypertrophy is the mm-hmm. result but that's not as catchy as a name as bodybuilding yeah and people like to understand shit they like to know what things mean so mm-hmm. when you know you say like oh what are you doing you're bodybuilding it's like oh no i'm training for muscular hypertrophy they're like what he's like yeah i'm bodybuilding so for me my overall journey was right well becoming like ian bickle and i think that's why people are drawn to little camps because they feel safe and secure but they're not safe and secure within themselves and i found with me working with people that's what i'm trying to like focus in on is like them mm-hmm. and them recognizing that they are not this thing they are uh, like a person and it's about discovering who that is. And I, I wanted to kind of like for us to maybe have a bit of crack about this kind of bodybuilding side of what I do mm-hmm. and how it's not bad. Basically. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it definitely isn't bad. It's, it's something that you enjoy doing and, You've kind of in that in sharing your story there, you you've pointed out some of the negative things that you experienced through that process. But you were also at a very different place in your life when you were going through those things, too. And so, um, uh, you know, I think it's it's certainly fine for somebody to to have those goals of building their body, adding on muscle mass and and training for those particular goals, just like it is for somebody to increase their their performance. Um, but you know, it, I think it's definitely, a it can be a slippery slope for some people because it can, you know, it, when I haven't done as much bodybuilding as you have, but there have been phases where I've gone through where I was, you know, for several years where I was focused on building muscle, adding muscle mass. And that was the determining factor of whether I felt like I was being successful. And I'd also look at the mirror and I'd take those progress photos. And then I would sort of look and say, okay, my shoulders are looking bigger. My chest is looking bigger. My abs are more defined, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. And then I would diet and do different things at different times to kind of manipulate that. Um, and, and I, I can see how, you know, through that process, I really saw how, how easy it is, even when you do have a pretty decent relationship with food that you can actually kind of be pulled into a place where, you start to engage in in things that aren't particularly healthy from a psychological standpoint or emotional standpoint. Um, but at the yeah. same time, it, it, it really just depends on the person. That's a Yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the things that gets just so lost off. Like I'm comfortable and confident within myself, but I think a lot of people, you know, the seeking community and connection I think it's such a mm-hmm. basic human thing. So this is why people get so attached to certain means 
of especially dieting dieting is just like mini cults these days and you know we've got the bodybuilding community we've got the crossfit community we've got the you know i'm sure there's the powerlifting community they're like big three you know and always Mm -hmm. at odds with each other and like one thing's better than the other and things like (laughs) that and it's just like you know really in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter but we create this like world where you know and then obviously if we've got other people reinforcing our beliefs Mm-hmm. It makes it even challenging. This is why, like, you know, reject the diet mentality and like challenge the food police. The food police, I mean, the exercise police need to get involved as well. Um, yeah. And the, you know, the politics police can come on in as well and realizing people need to maybe have like a deeper look at everything from a cultural level rather than just kind of like, uh what I, what we call maybe a surface level kind of point of view i am um, i wanted to know like in regards to what your thoughts were in terms of like performance nutrition because i think when we can start maybe looking at really all of the positives that actually when you start mm-hmm. eating for performance and in many ways health um there's often just a lot more positives rather than just kind of focusing on it from a purely like changing the body um mentality because as you said with your ninjas like if you're focusing on certain aspects and it just so happens that you have these compositional changes like what's your like kind of thoughts amongst that bud yeah um and the performance one's kind of an interesting one and that's one that that uh the it is it can be tricky to navigate in the context of intuitive eating mm-hmm. and you know since since i am exclusively using intuitive eating and approaches like that uh, you know ellen satter's approach also but with my coaching and have decided that that's just be you know, just because i'm coaching i'm only going to coach people that way doesn't mean i totally disagree with anybody who does something different but but yeah. I've chosen to do that. And so obviously that may, means that I need to probably walk the walk myself and, and stick to that, even though I know I could go back to counting calories. It really wouldn't probably affect me too much. Might mess with my, the healing that I've done with uh, being able to have sweets in the house without eating all of them. But, you know, other than that, I, I, I'd never really had too many issues, but anyway, going back to that question, the, so with me, what, when it comes to the performance side of thing, this is where I sort of shift my thinking to the gentle nutrition part of intuitive eating. So that's such a vague gray area, gentle nutrition. For some people, that can mean one thing. And for other people, it can mean something totally different. So for me, one of the quote, gentle things that I've done for myself is I'm, I just, I'm, I went from not really thinking all that much about the sweets and stuff that I eat, because it's not that I would eat excessive amounts of them by any means. And and I certainly was listening to my body and how they felt, but I'm just being a little bit more mindful right now. Um, And so I just basically took the mindfulness aspect up a notch when it, when I decided I want to really focus on some performance related goals over the next year. And so, you know, I, there's times where I'm like, where before I might've just grabbed some candy or something just because it tastes good. And, um, and I was going to, it was going to be satisfying and think, eh, you know what, 
I don't, you know, they did already have something today. I'm going to go ahead and not, I, I really don't need this right now. And it doesn't, but I've also done enough reflection and done enough uh, digging down and curiosity to know, hey, is this going to be a problem to, to be, to sort of try and intentionally reduce my consumption of this or is it not? And I've kind of, I'm at a place now where I've got this good place where, no, I, it, it's feeling okay. It's feeling fine. I'm not having any issues. And I kind of check back in with myself regularly to make sure that it, that my issues with sweets aren't becoming a problem. So that's one example. Another one is that I'm, I'm mindful of my recovery nutrition. So I drink a protein shake after my ninja training to make sure that I'm getting adequate protein. I don't track my protein intake. I, but again, I'm, I'm mindful of doing that. And I'm mindful of making sure that I'm getting adequate protein at each meal. So I'm just a little bit more mindful of it, understanding the nutrition science behind, you know, what the, what they've found is a good level of protein to get in your diet if you're engaged in these kinds of activities. And so without, you know, overthinking it or without starting to impose food rules and just being a little bit more mindful in applying some of the nutrition science. So that's kind of how I approach the, the performance side of things uh, for myself. And, it, and it's working well for me. I'm, I'm performing well. I'm recovering well. I'm not sore. My shoulder is feeling better than it ever has in years uh, after my surgery and stuff. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's going well in that way. So that's the general approach that I've taken. We can't uh, we can't simply forget that we have maybe devoted a good chunk of our lives to learning about nutrition and yeah. like actually being in, in the field, applying it both uh, correctly and incorrectly, because, you know, part of the, the journey of gaining intuition is like, you know, practice like like it's and. Um, when people are working with a coach like any coach who's watching over your form whether it's playing tennis for example you know you are there to learn a skill that maybe you want to have improvements on and in mm -hmm. order to like develop that skill they're going to have to see your what you may consider a crummy forehand mm -hmm. you know so if we can kind of just monitor that and just be like okay then i see what happened there have you tried this go away and do it okay mm -hmm. come back give us a bit of feedback um and then like kind of subtle tweaks that way ultimately gets that person but it's the action of doing it that's really the most powerful thing rather than us reading a book and telling it's like right go and practice this go try this oh that made it worse okay then you know can we maybe approach it from this angle? Um, whereas obviously we've got a great deal of experience, like, and obviously we've done however many nutrition courses and, um, you know, other little workshops on top of that, maybe in certain niches like bodybuilding, I devoted a lot of time and energy, mm -hmm. you know, probably read all of the evidence-based books on nutrition and training you know, I can't simply forget that. So I understand like, hey, we want to, you know, we want to meet leucine threshold and spike muscle protein synthesis <laughs> for optimal yeah. kind of X, Y, and Z. But we also know from the research that eating 
you know, frequent meals like, you know, that are often protein filled regulates satiety very well. Um, mm-hmm. Fruits and vegetables. I, I don't think nutrition's that hard, like that complicated. And Mm-mm. as a general framework, we can just kind of have it and then augment it accordingly to the person and what they do in their life, which I think when people have, I speak to people who are so confused and so conflicted, and the way I see it is, I'm going to make this really easy for you. And, and it's like, can you ever imagine a future where this is just so easy? And you're like, mm-hmm. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm confident in what I'm doing. And I'm fully competent in what I'm doing. And that's my approach to food and bodybuilding. As you said, you you know me and you, my relationship with food is just what it is. Um, I, quite frankly, yeah. I, could, I couldn't imagine going back to tracking another calorie. The thought of, <laughs> you know, putting some like, yeah. you know, Skittles on a weighing scale again. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, you hear these sad stories of people, you know, tracking their cups of tea and things like that. And yeah. like it, it is sad, but we almost now live in a culture where this has become the new norm. Yeah, well, I mean, what was some of the advice that, you know, we we often heard? We didn't hear it as much through through the program that we went through, but you know, you, you certainly hear it from a lot of the coaches that were in the program and you, you hear them from people outside, but um, you know, Oh, you got to make sure you track every lick and nibble. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I get where that's coming from. As far as you, people sometimes don't realize that, that it's, it's still energy intake, but at the same time, if you're count, you know, if you're that meticulous with it, it's just, it it's going to become, an issue Mm -hmm. for most people now some people you know some people that's fine if if it doesn't become an issue for you awesome and you know i'm not here to tell somebody to to quit doing that because hey if it works for them and they like that and and you know awesome go for it but um for most people that's Mm -hmm. that's a uh, uh an issue when you get so detailed and i think you know you were talking about some of the evidence based stuff and the science of it and this is where this is where I've really changed. I know over the last few years myself and grown is that my engineering mind likes to hear these numbers. And then I immediately think, okay, well, the optimal protein dose is whatever, 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight for this particular goal that you have. And, and so then I need to try and hit that target right on. But in reality, what these, what the, the science and the research does is it finds these averages And there's such, it's really a broad range. And this is something I'm always emphasizing to people is, okay, if that's what the research found is the average optimal range, in reality, we can be higher, we can be lower, we can vary, we can be in and out of it throughout, and we're going to be just fine. And, um, you know, unless you're going on the Olympia stage or something like that, even if you are into bodybuilding and enjoy that, you still don't need to, to... be that obsessive about your nutrition. And, you know, so for me, like with my performance stuff, like I said, I'm just being a little bit more mindful. I'm not eating quite as much sweets as I was the last year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it I haven't really felt particularly different, positive or negative. It's just sort of a neutral thing. Um, I'm being mindful to get protein in my meals and snacks and then at, around training and just kind of like that. And I know 
that that's going to get me what I need. And I know that because my performance is improving and my muscles aren't hurting and that kind of thing. And so I think that's a big thing that I've, I've appreciated with approaching things from this other perspective, like intuitive eating and, and gentle nutrition is that you start to take a much more relaxed approach. And in fact, in the course that I have coming out um, in just a couple of weeks, that's, uh, you know, I call that the, the gentle nutrition part, relaxed and gentle nutrition, because I think relaxed is a, a good way of, of thinking about those nutrition principles where understand the science, understand it's not precise in nutrition science. It's not like medication dosages and stuff like that. Mm. It's like, uh, you I got talk, a lot of leeway there. I talk a lot about that with clients and like, I talk about margins and like, mm -hmm. And I'm always like, listen, your margins are like apps. If people can watch us, see as my hands are very far apart, like your margins are huge, you know, but as soon as you bring certain amounts of psychology and language into your diet, you take what were quite considerably large margins and you shrink them within a decision, within mm -hmm. a, within a sentence overnight. And yeah. now you're operating in such fine margins that you inevitably, unfortunately, are going to fall off and you're mm -hmm. going to fall big. And then what do you do to try and kind of course correct is you re kind of tighten the margins to like silly levels. And that's just my yeah. mindset. Even when I dieted for bodybuilding, purposely shrank my body, heaven forbid, Jeff. And um. <laughs> what I would do is I would recognize where I was starting from and the margins I had available. And as I grew, like if you imagine a funnel, how that gets kind of like finer and finer. And as I would go through the process, I would then determine as I went along, do I want to go to the next stage? How do I feel? You know, um, I remember I was, I was, cutting i was dieting um, probably might have been 2019 or something and like i get my like kind of happy weight i know through time i haven't weighed myself in such a long time but i know roughly where i am just off experience mm -hmm. it's around that 85 to 90 kilo range when i start hitting towards like the 81 like sub 80 that's where it life starts to suck and mm -hmm. I, I was stood on the trampoline with my son, like, you know, and I was cutting and I had zero energy. And that to me was like, I'm going to go in the house and get some food. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't a binge. It wasn't emotional. It wasn't quitting. It was evaluation of like, what the hell am I doing? Like, mm -hmm. and for me, like, I'll, I'd never say never, but like, I'm pretty certain that i'll never go to that degree of leanness but if i do decide ever i want to do that like i know fine well where i'm returning to and i'm purely doing it out of you know personal ambitions and goals not mm -hmm. to seek approval from anybody else um but yeah for me it was just the realization is like does like that simple question, am I happy? Does this make me happy? Do yeah. I want to eat like this for the rest of my life? Like tracking every morsel of food or eating clean or missing out on like life, what life throws. I would rather have that extra five, six kilos any day mm -hmm. of the week. Yeah. 
Well, I think that that's interesting how you how you talked about that because I think that's how you can work in how bodybuilding can work in with a an intuitive eating or or other weight neutral approach is that you can still focus on building your body um, mm -hmm. without focusing on getting shredded for a stage, especially if you're not competing. And most people aren't going to be competing, and so it's almost you know at this point it's kind of like okay if somebody's wanting to compete intuitive eating is not for you anyway i mean it just isn't that's yeah, not what it's for yeah i mean you're I, you know i've heard some guys talk about incorporating some of the principles of intuitive eating and trying to be more intuitive as they were approaching a show and see how that worked but at this it, ultimately you can't you can't you can't fit intuitive eating into approach where you are you know, intentionally trying to lose weight and intentionally trying to get shredded but i think you can certainly incorporate it with within the the broad sport of bodybuilding which when i look at what you do your your goal is to increase the weight that you're lifting to build strength and muscular endurance and even muscle size but yet it, as long as the, the those goals aren't interfering with like as long as your your focus is still on nourishing yourself and and um meeting the needs of your body and and all of those other aspects of intuitive eating if you also have these other goals then then and they aren't interfering with it then that's where i think you can you can merge the two i think that if if you're wondering hey can i fit bodybuilding in with intuitive eating i think the question is i mean the answer to that is yes you can but each person it's going to look a little bit different so some people may have to be more mindful of hey okay i know one of the things that typically we do to judge progress in bodybuilding is maybe measuring the size of our biceps or our legs or looking in the mirror and if for you that's becoming an issue you know or jumping on the scale if those things are becoming an issue for you and they're starting to impact how you're eating your food choices things like that like you're saying, okay, you get on there and you're, you see your weight went up when you were trying to, when you were hoping to get a little leaner and you're like, okay, I guess I, I'll go ahead and make a lighter lunch today. The, when those start to come in, those are the dangerous kinds of things that can really take you um, down a different path. And so I think if you're conscious of it reflecting, I honestly, I haven't worked with anybody who has bodybuilding goals necessarily with intuitive eating but as I'm thinking through it and having done some of those things myself, I think that it you, you certainly could incorporate. It would just be a little more challenging with, with some of the goals. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. Like, I, I don't think, I mean, I would never work with a, I, I think if I was to ever work with a competitive bodybuilder, <laughs> like it would have to be like, we we'd have to get this, starting foundation established i want to know like because i care more about the person rather than just getting them on stage like and i know this almost the way people think is like i'll do what it takes mentality and i was yeah. like yeah i'm like yeah but that you know that's when things go to pot and like an eating disorder is quite a serious thing i don't know if you know this um you know numbers in general you spoke about like my goal is to increase weights over like the um over the course of lifting and for me i haven't tracked a training session in however because like you know like let's call it intuitive training 
like me mm-hmm. and me and Evelyn will get on that man. You'll see yeah. us on the book cover, Evelyn and Ian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> intuitive training version yeah. one. Um, but yeah, it's it is like knowing like how I feel going into sessions and whether that session might be, you know, and then obviously getting under the bar and then being able to auto-regulate whether weeks are deloads and mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think when people are like so for example, programs, I rarely write clients like prescriptive programs. I'll present frameworks, but we are mm-hmm. so really connecting with the the internal messages that we are getting. Like, yeah. you know, fine, well, I've got a six-month-old baby, and that can change because of sleep regressions and so on and so forth. So if I'm on a rigid program, you know, that goes out the window. And what do people do? Um they are perfectionistic in every aspect. So they are, they do not feel comfortable like going outside of the margins. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to do is widen those margins. Going back to the yeah. analogy, full circle, Jeff, what a guy. Yeah. Um, you know, so if we can widen them and realize actually you have all of these options available to you, it's just your beliefs and, um, limited maybe understanding that is really kind of leading to these whatever whether it's like what the hell mode you got mm-hmm. it's known as or like that kind of like oh well what's the point and quitting binging and all of that stuff it's like whoa you know that's probably the issue that's what's driving this you know diet issue in the first place mm-hmm can we just start regulating things? Can we rebuild trust and confidence and all that? So even with training, bodybuilding, I love training hard. I love the feeling of it. I love mm-hmm. like, and that's what we don't want to maybe go is like, I think hard work is just a, a value that I like. And like to really get anywhere in life, you know, it requires hard work, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you have to go to, silly extremes yeah you know, i think the extreme these days is being unextreme. yeah and being really consistent with the basics and do them really well for a really long time yeah i think that's a good point that that whole auto regulation thing and i know for me um i've changed a lot over the last few years in the way that i've approached my training in this very much same way that i approach my my eating and stuff and um, much more of that auto regulation perspective. I go in the gym and if I'm not, you know, if I feel like doing six sets, I'll do six sets. And if I feel like doing three, I'll do three and, um, and not so focused on like sticking to the program, that kind of thing. Again, I'm not training for any particular thing when I'm in the gym lifting other than like my ninja to support that. And so, but it's really cool because it's, it, as I've, as I've, gotten older i'm seeing how taking that approach is actually something that's really serving my body well and it would serve a lot of people who are into bodybuilding and other sports well to probably do a bit more of that auto regulation and and incorporate that, that more intuitive training that you that you mentioned there because you know if i'm if i'm at uh, like as an example if i'm at my ninja class and my shoulder is starting to and i'm starting to feel a little bit on it I'll take a break from the upper body stuff and work on balance stuff. And then I'll see how it's feeling 
want to have a little bit of a rest. And if it's still feeling like it's a bit tired, then that's basically it for my upper body stuff for that session. And then, um, and, and I'm finding that to be incredibly helpful. I mean, I'm making tremendous progress with my strength gains and, and everything in my shoulder by actually not going so big and hard with my training. And, uh, and, and it's really interesting that, that not only is it a better approach for my overall health mentally and physically, but I'm actually making better progress than I probably would if I was pushing myself really hard every single session. And, um, I think speaking to that, I think there's part of, and my younger self was absolutely like, my goal now is to not burn out, to never mm -hmm. burn out, to never reach burnout. And I remember looking back how much I would burn out. Um, and I think a lot of people's issues is, is that they want to feel, and this is what I see within the personal training industry, which I think shocking by the way, is like personal trainers almost like are trying to prove a point to people, but also like trying to like, they want their client to feel like they've done something, mm -hmm. you know, and they are so focused on this instant gratification that they are not thinking about like, well, how does this interlink to the big picture of everything? Yeah. And so many people that want to feel when it comes to, for example, weight loss, they want to feel hungry. And if mm -hmm. they don't feel very hungry, then it mustn't be working or they must need to feel hungrier. And as mm -hmm. like coaches, we're saying, well, you know, you can kind of eat what you want. You know, you can feel full and satisfied and all of these sorts of things. And usually just a byproduct of just trusting yourself again. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say with the majority of my clients, just what I see is like, they do change their bodies. It's not intentional, but yeah. it's just a byproduct, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think when people have this little bit of uh, kind of this uh, do or die mentality, it really haunts them in the long run because usually they just don't last the course. Yeah. If I don't train yeah. for a week, I'm not out of it. If I don't train mm -hmm. for a month, I'm not out of it. Right. You know, like I never, I never, I can't remember the last time I said it. it. Must be well over a decade. I said, "Oh, I'm just getting back into it." You know, yeah. don't get out of it. Just treat treat it like a sliding scale. You're mm -hmm. never on or you're off. You're just sometimes a bit higher up that, but because of life, maybe sometimes you're down the other end of it. Yeah, I mean, and that that's such a, a good way of of thinking about it. I think that's so much more sustainable. And you know, again. That, professional athletes that's a whole different story but we're talking about i mean all of us are just regular people here and and that looking at the big picture the long term that's that's really what's going to be the most sustainable and and most um effective really and mm -hmm. we do the same you know i do the same when i encourage people to quit focusing on individual meals because that's another thing that so much so often happens and it happens with bodybuilding it happens with you know, in the fitness community, you know, we're so focused on individual meals or, or individual days rather than the big picture of, you know what, <laughs> this thing that I'm eating right now has no impact on the grand scheme of things. You know, if I sit down and have a burger and fries and a beer, that does not have a, a an impact on the grand scheme of things. If I do that two meals a day, every day, well, yeah, that'd probably have an impact, but who does that? I mean, 
And if you are doing that, that's not the issue. There's probably something else going on that we need to look at and figure out why it is that you feel compelled to do this. And so, um, but I think that that's another thing too, is that, you know, if you are incorporating, if you're wanting to use kind of intuitive eating as your approach to your, your self-care eating framework, basically, and you still are interested in pursuing bodybuilding types of things, obviously, again, not stage or anything, but yeah. um, again, it's kind of, hey, instead of that, that's a, a kind of a low hanging fruit thing. Maybe you're focused so much on on individual meals and nutrients and all of this and just taking a step back and taking a much more broader approach to not only your food, but your training, like you were talking about. And that can be really helpful. And you may find you actually make more improvements than you were before because you're just, you're there's less stress. Your body's probably, you're not going to be injured and stuff. Um, all of those kinds of things. Yeah, I think for me, it's all about enjoyment. And, you know, I see um, within bodybuilding in particular, like the style of training, mm -hmm. like, you know, it just doesn't click for everybody. You know, and that's and I'm like, listen, there's all sorts of different types of movement available for us there, because like it is about finding what you want. And and maybe it maybe there's elements of bodybuilding, but there's elements of something else that, mm -hmm. you know, you can ultimately stick to like me. I just like what I've done, but do but I, in many ways, I've always said, well, if I fancy something else. Like, I'll just do that. And if this ever gets stale and boring and feels like a, a right chore, then I'll not. I'm not kind of, I haven't put my flag in the ground here and said, right, yeah. this is me. This is everything who I am. We're mm -hmm. always dynamic and changing. And I think the more rigid you are, the the more likely you're going to struggle. Um, I I realize we're coming up in an hour and Jeff shoehorned his course in there. So I could I can't let him get away with just kind of like, you know, oh he's uh put that in there. So you said it's gonna happen in a, a couple of weeks. Um <clears throat> we're going to I wanna hear a bit about this, Jeff, please. Yeah, yeah. Well it's a in, in final production right now. So getting the the videos finalized and ed, final edits on those and uploaded and uh it's a uh twelve session course that is self-paced self-guided and it's all about intuitive eating and so it's um, basically going into the intuitive eating principles and how to apply those to your life um, but it's not just videos it's uh, the video lessons make up kind of the core but then there's supplemental activities and and um, and other resources as well to help you to really implement that but one of the other cool things that's starting at the same time that that releases is a uh, men's community so it's just for the dudes because um, there's plenty of women's communities out there, but not not too many for men. So uh, it's a men's community that will be kind of a supplement for the course, but also something that you can stay in uh, ongoing even once the course is done and um, and interact with me directly. There'll be weekly coaching calls that people can join when they want to and interact with each other. It's much like a Facebook group, except I'm hosting it on my own platform. So if you're not a Facebook person, if you're not into social media, you don't even have to join an account or log on to your social media, you can do it right there on my platform. And so, um, so yeah, so that's coming, like I said, in about two weeks, it's basically as soon as I get these videos, final, the final edits of the videos done and uploaded, then it will be uh, ready to go. It's also going to be super low cost and very easy 
for people to um, to get in and get some good coaching um, if one-on-one -on -one isn't really the right fit. So, Awesome, man. And uh, where do they find out more about this, Jeff? Yeah, you can uh, you can find the link in my uh, bio in my Instagram feed, intuitive.eating.min, or my website, hopedrivesme.com. And uh, yeah, you can get the info there. Cool, Manuel. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna put this on my podcast as well because we finally nailed a bit of a recording. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna kind of upload that. So if people do want to listen on the go, and I'll put like a a link to your Instagram and to your uh, podcast and website and everything cool. on there. But um, no, man, as always, Jeff, it's it's a pleasure talking to you about these. Oh yeah, nuances. Um, and going down rabbit holes and things like that. Yeah, I like having these conversations. I think it's fun having talking about stuff that's not the typical intuitive eating stuff. I mean, bodybuilding isn't one that comes up that much. And I think it's, but it's important. I mean, yeah. people are interested in stuff. I mean, people are interested in different things. And I think it's good to acknowledge that and and not make people feel bad for wanting to do certain things. Yeah, man, I haven't, I haven't seen uh any mention of creatine monohydrate in the intuitive eating book yet i've been uh, i've been scanning it <laughs> yeah hey i you know what I've, I've recommended it to some of my clients and um and yeah i mean if it's if it fits in if it doesn't interfere again for me it's <laughs> yeah, all about exactly. what interferes if if taking these supplements triggers some issue that you have maybe yeah. from a disordered eating past then by all means don't but hey i mean it's you there's all kinds of, there's so intuitive eating is so flexible. I mean, there, there really is a lot of room for a lot of nuance and, and things. And, and I think that's important that people don't see it as just a one size fits all, you know, I, if you had an eating disorder or disordered eating, then it's for you. And if not, it's not there. I mean, there's yeah. so much room for so many people. Yeah. And I, I think like, you know, you, you asked me like why intuitive eating and in many ways, I was like, well, kind of what's the alternative, you know? And like, yeah your intuitiveness is your intuitiveness and that's what it's about it's about you the mm -hmm. listener jeff is about jeff i'm about me and i just think people are potentially just so lost that they mm -hmm. don't know where to even start and that's why maybe stuff like your course working yeah. with us on a one-to-one -one basis buying books and resources uh connecting with other practitioners on your social media and starting to kind of more move towards that way and also getting rid of all of the things that maybe interfere with that could be your first step so like you know for those that have listened um or listening down the line cool and uh, yeah. yeah man thank you very much jeff it's been a, yeah. a pleasure as always yep always look forward to these good stuff man Thank you for listening to the Better You podcast. If you've taken a huge amount of value from this, which I'm absolutely sure you have, please, please, please share it around. Send it to a friend, send it to a family member, even a colleague. Remember, building the best possible version of you is going to be 100 times easier if those around you are trying to do the same themselves. If you would like an additional bit of help, support, guidance and accountability, you can just reach out to me my website is buildwithbickle.com or you can send an email ian at buildwithbickle.com. Also, share the podcast on social media. Tag me in it. I would hugely appreciate that. Thank you again. 